and welcome to the Marathon Medic podcast. My name's Amy and I'm a junior doctor and running coach based in London. In this series of the podcast, Running and Me, I'll be chatting with runners about why they started running and the benefits it's had to their health, both physically and mentally. On this episode, I'm speaking with Ben Parks. Ben is a 225 marathoner, running coach and YouTuber. He's completed marathons and ultramarathons all over the world and recently he's been documenting his road to recovery after breaking his ankle. So thank you for joining me today, Ben. Um, we kind of discussed what the, the nature of this podcast was, and I think a lot of people feel like they might know a lot about your running journey, but I was hoping that you could share how actually everything started and, and got to the point where you are at, at the moment. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on, Amy. My second podcast that I've ever done, and uh, yeah, looking forward to going through everything. Uh, with you close friend and massively respect everything you've done as well so really nice to be invited on thank you thanks for having me (laughs) so yeah where do we start well in terms of my running journey I guess I I entered the London Marathon when I was 18 which was kind of as a bit of a dare because there was a girl I liked at school (laughs) that fancied herself as a bit of a runner and through school I played a bit of rugby and hockey and cricket and all the other sports but I was pretty weedy I'm not sure if that's the right term growing up so I got quite bashed and battered and so I started playing golf mainly and but also doing quite a lot of running at school as well so it wasn't that out of the ordinary for me to go and enter the London Marathon but did it yeah it's a bit of a bet a bit of a challenge trying to impress someone as most people do when they're 18 and ran it in four hours and three minutes I think it was off no idea what I was doing I had no books no no there's no reference no training no help no support absolutely nothing just occasionally put up some trainings and went for a run and yeah I guess when I crossed that finish line with that girl nowhere in sight she had no idea um <laughs> crossed the finish line that day it, it always say it's the day that my life kind of changed forever because I just kind of massively got the bug I would say for running but mainly for running the marathon like I just thought it was an amazing event and I just wanted to it, pretty much at that point wanted to tell the world how amazing that feeling was how did you get into London Marathon that first time you just entered way back then there was no internet (laughs) well there probably was internet um so this was 19 no 2002 so I had to go down to my local sports shop um which was called Jim Hill Sports I don't know where that's come from I think it's called Jim Hill Sports in Billingshurst in West Sussex you had to get the London Marathon magazine paper application form in the back uh, fill it out, send a cheque, uh, which my mum must have done, because I can't imagine I had a chequebook back then, um, off to the London Marathon. And then you would hear in the post, I don't know, a so month or still, so. There was still a ballot. So. But... There was still a ballot. Okay. There was still a ballot. And I got in because back then I got rejected in the ballot, but then I they have this other drop draw, which they still do now. I think they keep like a thousand places back. If you say that you can have, they can have the entry money, they'll put you into another ballot. So then I got in on that second ballot. Um, so I didn't really think much of it. Like, I had no idea. I'd just seen the London Marathon on TV as just this big sporting event. Like I'd watch the FA Cup final or whatever big sport events are. And it was just another thing I'd watch on TV. And so it was amazing that I was going to be part of something and be part on TV. I think that's what a lot of people love about it because you're running with the amazing runners. Well, everyone's an amazing runner, but you're running. It's just one race and everyone's in it together. And it's very unique in all sport, really. Mm-hmm. And then 
kind of following that first was that the first race you did or was that the first the first oh yeah I wasn't any sort of runner at all I I didn't compete at school I'd never been on an athletics track I hadn't I wasn't like a county runner I didn't I didn't do any athletics at school it was purely just I enjoyed it and it made me happy like that was all it was and I just thought the more I can more time I can spend doing this it makes me even back then at 18 years old I was just like this is just quite good fun Spending time by myself. <laughs> I'm a bit of a loner, really. All my training I do by myself. And so. when you when you crossed that finish line and you had that feeling of, you know, this is what I want to do, how long did it take after that to get into it more competitively or, I guess, dedicate more of your life to running? Because I think that was, from my understanding, later down the line. Oh, 20s. yeah. Like, in the early days, I don't know what I did now. I think I did Paris the year after. And I just sort of said to myself, if I could just do one marathon a year for the rest of my life, that would be an awesome achievement. Mm. Um, How many have you done now? Oh, I don't know. Too many to go. Um, <laughs> about 80 to 90. I'm really not sure. But yeah back, in, yeah, back in those early days, it was just a case of just doing it because I enjoyed it. I wasn't bothered about the time. When I crossed the line in London Marathon in four hours, three minutes, I... Was that good? Was it bad? I didn't really know. I walked a bit. I just tried to enjoy it. And it was just four hours of spending some time doing something that I really enjoy to do. I really, I just really enjoyed it. I could just be by myself. I was completely in control of everything. Whereas I only really played team sports before, which was great in that team aspect, some, something, but you rely on so many other people. And now I could just do this thing that makes me happy whenever I wanted to. Um, do you think the feelings that you get when you cross the line now have changed to that first time or do you still get the same? Oh, no, it's completely the same because I don't run for time and I still don't. I just run more now, which means I can get around a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. But the time on the clock doesn't mean anything to me, which is quite odd because everyone would naturally think it's all about running PBs. And it's really, for me, it's just not at all. I just want to spend as much time as I can running. And if I can run for 12, 13, 14 hours a week, if that's 100 miles, 120 miles, whatever it is a week, that's just time enjoying doing something that I love to do. So, and yeah, naturally, obviously, if you can do that and your body can sustain it, then you'll get, yeah, you will get round a bit quicker in the race. And I do like to try and push and try. But yeah, the... The, re- the reason for doing it, it hasn't really changed right from those early days. Um, but then I got into my like mid-twenties and kind of had that like career sort of mindset as a lot of people do. So the running did stop and the beer and the partying and <laughs> the fast food and going to university and then trying to forge a career and working silly, silly hours and driving all around the country as like a sales rep. Yeah, there was just there really was no time for any sort of running or thing, and then I moved up to Scotland to again follow my career, and with the climate up there, that wasn't really that conducive to doing training. When it, you know I was working like twelve, thirteen hours every single day for about six days a week, and there just wasn't really time for it. But I still did a few races here and there just to keep you know touch base. But it was normally just a case of massively hitting the wall late on in a marathon. And walking in in about again always about sort of three and a half to four hours. And so. I think I think even in the few years that I've known you, I've seen the change because I think when I first met you, you were still 
working those long hours and kind of fitting running around it what made you think actually I'm going to stop doing that and focus kind of all my time on on running and coaching and things like that yeah I guess it wasn't I didn't really want that change so I could run more and perform better myself it was just a case of wanting to work for myself I was just I worked for uh, a company for quite a long period of time about 10 years and had a great time I would never knock that company it's a family-run business had an absolute blast there um but after yeah I suppose after about 12 13 years of working for someone else I just wanted to work for myself um at the end of the day and have that freedom and just being a bit more in control of what I'm up what my destiny and the only thing I knew was running so I just <laughs> sat down to find a way to make running my life which I was worried about initially because you can like just put all your eggs in one basket and then fall out of love with it because your running is that's all you do <laughs> breakfast lunch and dinner but it hasn't really been that way so far do you think the attention that you get for your running and everything you've built up in terms of YouTube and Instagram it, it's great and I think from the outside it, it seems amazing but do you think that's detracted anything from your running in terms of you know you have to record the things that you do and produce content and people are always watching you has that detracted anything or do you think it just adds to it I've never put something out there or recorded something I haven't wanted to mm -hmm. and I think when you're a hundred percent genuinely telling your story the good the bad the mundane then people seem to want to hear that and see that so we yeah I put a lot we put a lot of stuff out there and I enjoy yeah I, I enjoy doing it all I don't post much on Instagram it's not like once a month <laughs> um because I find Instagram a difficult platform because it's so unanimously positive which is good but it can be very fake positive at times and I feel quite hard to make a picture sound so genuine in what I'm writing. So I do put stuff up there, but I've, I've, I've put, I, I live on Instagram stories really, because that's just the day to day yeah. of what you're up to. And so I really enjoy that. Um, but through YouTube, that's, yeah, I spend all my life on YouTube as a, someone taking in content, but also creating it as well, because it's just so you just get that connection with your audience that you just cannot get any, in any other way and it's a hell of a lot of hard work but the feedback is absolutely priceless really can you remember your first video well this is going to sound quite glamorous but this <laughs> and i can't remember her name now but this lady got in touch from an agency in london and said and new zealand have been in touch we want to send you to new zealand to a hawks bay marathon um, and yeah, it was a, they wanted someone to go over there, document the race and tell everybody about it. Okay. And it's, I get these things all the time. I never do them anymore, but back then it was pretty much, it sounds so ridiculous, but pretty much like every day you get stuff coming in from these agencies. They want mm -hmm. you to do stuff to promote things, but this was like free, like premium economy <laughs> flights to, uh, Auckland, it was just like ridiculous and I just couldn't turn this down. And then I, I, I was even cocky because then I said, I'd only do it if Sarah came as well. So then they paid for Sarah's ticket as well. Um, and then, but I had to make a video for it. So it was just a great excuse. It really kickstarted me into making a video for about this race. So I just 
bought a GoPro and flew out to New Zealand and stood on the start line and pressed record and it wasn't great. But that <laughs> that formed where we are now with making these videos in races. And have you Which, just picked up the skills to do that as you go along? Like, do you look back at that video and think, oh, wow, that really wasn't very good? Or No, I, I'm you... proud of the video. The sound wasn't very good. Like, there's, there's always these things. Like, in every video I do, I try and improve one thing from mm -hmm. the video before. Um, just whatever it is, it could be some tiny little thing. And just so the videos are always, always getting better. And then after 10 videos, you've had a big jumping in everything. So yeah, it was back then it was just literally just a GoPro in my hand and run. And it was a crazy time. I just, I just run a hundred miles on the Thames path one weekend. And then we flew to Auckland and the next weekend we ran in the Hawke's Bay marathon. And then we came back the weekend after and we ran Liverpool marathon. Is that the rock and roll? Liverpool rock yeah. and roll marathon. Um, I'm I think... trying to do, um, they do that in Las Vegas. Yeah, the rock so and roll I'm Las trying Vegas to do that marathon. this year with my brother. That's oh, okay. our kind of fun run for the year plan. Oh, it's good for, yeah, there yeah. are a lot of bands, a lot of bands on the course. And Liverpool's a fantastic city. I just like going out and taking people on a ride. For so mm. many people, running a sub three hour marathon, male and female, is like an ultimate goal that people will work their whole life trying to yeah. do. And I've kind of been blessed. I had the time and I guess in a way the talent to be able to kind of go and do that at will. Um, and I wanted to show people what it was like. And I, want, I wanted to take people <laughs> along with me that maybe couldn't do that or were trying to do it and they could feel what it was like and inspire them to get on mm -hmm. and do it as well. And I think that's a lot of what I do on YouTube is taking people to places and giving people ideas and expanding their mind over what's possible. And so like right now, when I'm injured on the sofa, off running for two or three months, I'm sitting here watching content of other people running. Yeah. And it's, t it's, it's like transporting me back to those feelings and back, in, back to the mountains and the roads and wherever. And I just love going on on people's journeys. Do you find watching those at the moment because you've got your broken ankle um do you find that as as well as it's inspiring is it kind of making you feel sad how are you dealing with the recovery and it hasn't made me feel sad this whole injury hasn't made me feel sad and I don't really know why it's a bit confusing because I see everything as an opportunity mm -hmm. and now I've got an opportunity to tell people what this what going through an injury is like have you ever been injured before? To the, uh, to a big extent, I guess we all have niggles here and there, but... I've never been injured, no, I've never been injured like this. I've never been in hospital. I've still never taken a paracetamol. <laughs> Cocodamol uh, has paracetamol, Yeah, they does. <laughs> I've now taken a couple of Cocodamol tablets through painkillers through this, but no, I've never been in hospital, never had an operation, never had... The last time I had a cold was in 2010. So I do look after myself incredibly well and I'm very lucky. Um, and I suppose these days I don't really come into contact with too many people as well to get ill. <laughs> still, like running we don't have children <laughs> um, and all, all that sort of stuff. So um, I think it will be nice for people that are going through similar things to watch you recover because it's going to be a long journey and I'm sure documenting it will give people the hope that actually, you know, it goes quite quickly. You will get your strength back. You will be back running by the end of 
Well, it's just I see, I just see everything that happens to me. I suppose whether it's like fate, I just kind of see as this was meant to happen, and like bad stuff happens in life, and yet you mm-hmm. can't always control it. And this was a bit of a freaky thing that happened, but it's now given me an opportunity to talk about something different, something new, engage with people in a new way, and learn stuff about myself. I'm now an expert on how to heal bones quickly. I'm now <laughs> an expert, and I'm just, you know, I now have interactions with new people that we are meeting through this. Like the people, the amount of people reaching out since this has happened has been absolutely off the, off the scale. And yeah, through I just see everything as an opportunity. I think as a coach as well, it gives you an, a new perspective when you're coaching someone back from injury or someone that you're coaching gets a niggle or an injury or something like this happens to them. Oh yeah, like I, I coached someone um, last year and he 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 came to me for a sub three thirty goal at marathon sub three thirty goal for Berlin marathon last year and he ended up running three o four which was fantastic but um, after that he he sustained a bit of a niggle it was a nasty injury and he had to have two months off um, it happens to everybody and I think a lot of people think that pros. I don't include myself in that bracket, but with that sort of sub-elite group, people just go out there and train it well, and it's not. It's an incredible amount of hard work that goes into it. But we all get injured. It's just part of running, and I don't see injury and running as separate things. It's just all in the same thing. You get injured running. Unfortunately, you do get injured, and it's just how you can deal with that. But the mental side of dealing with injury is very, very hard, and I have dealt with it way worse in the past. But I think now with the community that I've got built up around me and the network of specialists and so my running form coach has been in touch. We've got appointments booked in. I've been to see my physio today, five days after the operation. We've already got a plan in place. Um, I'm very lucky to live with a GP and obviously knowing you quite closely as well. I've got a network of people around me I can get really solid advice from very, very quickly. I think a lot of people, when they initially get injured, they're very, very scared. They feel very, very alone. If they're kind of a first-time marathon on their thing, they, they just don't understand and they don't have a place to reach to because it's people. they just see people going out and training, getting it done. You look on social media, everyone else is out smashing it. It's like, this has happened to me. I don't know what to do. And so all I can ever say to people is go out and get a proper diagnosis from a physiotherapist as soon as you can and become friends with them. Like a physio can be your best mm. friend. The same way a massage therapist can be your best friend. So I'm not seeing my <laughs> massage therapist that much at the moment, but she's normally around here every sort of 10 days to two weeks. And yeah, having those relationships with those people is priceless in keeping me doing what I do. But also the online community that you have is quite good. Yeah, like we live, your morale high. we live in an online world these mm. days. And at one hand, it's very um, weird or like just having people that you don't actually know send you messages and email like emails and people sending me photos and I've had two or three people send me videos of their children telling me get well soon we can't <laughs> wait to see you back on YouTube and that is crazy on one hand but on the other you're like I don't know these people this is really weird but that's the world we live in these days and it, I wouldn't change it for the world. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's just amazing. Like it's so, it's 99.9% positive, you know, through this whole injury, the amount of comments and everything 
everybody just reaching out and saying such wonderful, lovely stuff. It's kind of weird when you've I mean, so, there seems to be so many trolls out there, but I don't seem to attract any. <laughs> I always Maybe. think, I always question why someone that doesn't like you would follow you. It just, I don't understand yeah, the trolling that, thing. There is don't. that thing, just hit the unfollow button. Yeah, it's very easy to do. Um, but I'm glad that your experience has been so positive. The social media experience has been mm. 100% just utterly, genuinely warm, lovely people. And when people come up to me when we were at park run, I can't really go for a run now in central London without somebody stopping me, which again is lovely. I can, I can confirm that. Yes. I've been on many runs and people Asking for to, photos. want me to take a picture of you too. Um, but yeah, like the, the thought of you having a positive impact on somebody else's life is incredibly powerful. And that's the whole why of why I do all of this is when I was kind of growing up and you kind of thinking, what am I going to do for a career? And I always wanted to do something similar to what you're doing. Like I had this thing of being a paramedic or I was going to be a fireman or something or something and work with people, but I'm just not clever enough <laughs> basically. And I don't have the academic way rule. So I saw this as a way of actually helping people on their journey. And I, that's what I wanted to do. I just want to help people to get better, give people sensible simple advice on how they can improve not to become olympic athletes no one's trying to do that just trying to get that little bit better and just see an improvement and then they'll get excited about it and they'll go off and find some more information elsewhere as well on how they can improve i think that's the thing it's not about achieving a certain level it's about achieving something for each individual person that you coach and i know that you coach people of such different abilities so it's not about you know, the, oh, yeah. the end and I, time they get, it's about motivating them to get out the door and, and keep at it because it has so many benefits in all. People know what to do. Like people can go and buy a plan off my website. They're six pounds. It's like cheap as chips, <laughs> really. But and for most people, that's absolutely fine. That's all they need. Uh, but for some people that we coach, it, it's about having the um, accountability. I think I only took on two people last year because nobody ever leaves. Which is Which lovely. Which is nice. It yeah. kind of creates a family of um, And yeah, we've runners. got a great network of people that we coach now. Mm. Um, and that will expand at some point um, as my running, sort of the amount of time I spend running will decrease over the next few years, I would have thought. I don't know. We'll see, how, know. see how we go. You're still young then. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that I... chap, 44 years old, qualified on the American Olympic trials, Abdi. Uh, yeah, 44 years old. And he's going off to the Olympics to represent the USA. So mm. you never know. And as you said, if you're not focused on performance, there's 17, 8-year-old, 80-year-olds doing the London Marathon still. So yeah. to me, that's a huge goal if I, can, if I can run in my 80s. I've run my championship qualifying time as long as I possibly can <laughs> to run sub 2.45. As long as I'm still running London Marathon. Well, maybe not this year. I'm going to have to miss a year. Unless they re- uh, to be honest, I probably won't be on anyway. Unless they <laughs> so put it to the worry. autumn. Yeah. I would never wish for the London Marathon to be cancelled. But no. in, a, in a weird, horrible way, I suppose they're moving it to the autumn it could benefit me quite well. But uh, <laughs> I've still got my fingers crossed for it going ahead. And I think another thing to say is, I know you coach a lot of people, but I think you care a lot about the people that you don't coach. as Because I know that I've crossed finish lines and had messages from you before I've even kind of managed to check my thing. I think it's so obvious how much you care about all the runners around you, whether you're coaching them. Oh, I treat everybody exactly the same. Like we put me and and Sarah put on a weekly session for everybody. And that's a mixture of people that pay us the monthly coaching fees and people that just want to come along 
for a bit of a run with friends because we're creating a group and a community and everybody in that group is improving and getting better. Um, so much so that some of the people in the group are going to go on to do some ridiculous things this year that would they wouldn't have even entered their mind that would be even possible. And that's just come about just from them spending time around similar motivated people. Everything is just completely priceless. Like hearing people's stories, just people sending messages of how what they've achieved and what they never ever thought they'd be able to achieve just through watching some video that I've made. Um, and whether that's people I don't know and people that I do know and we're out supporting, you know, waiting for the last person to cross the line in races that we go and watch. Um, yeah, you can't put a price on those sort of things. Can I ask, how are you feeling about your skateboard and do you think you'll ever make a return? Um, well, I got a skateboard, not really because I wanted to get a skateboard. It was more I wanted to learn something new mm. from my childhood that I never did Did you did skateboard then. as a kid? No. Okay. But I always wanted to, but I was too scared to. And I just wanted to learn something new and it was get a skateboard or get a piano, basically. Um, I think a piano might have been a bit safer. <laughs> um, Easy said in hindsight. But the skateboard's still here. It's okay. just over the other side of the room. Yeah. I don't plan on getting rid of it. As I say, bad stuff happens. Would I be running now if I didn't buy that skateboard? Of course. But then something else might have happened. The, the, you can't dwell on the past. Like, the past has happened. It's just how you deal with it now to get on and get well and get fit and tell the story about what happened. Like, people's... For the most part, a lot of people struggle through life with various things. There's people that have got far worse stuff going on than me with my broken ankle. So I don't, yeah, I don't dwell on it too much. Will I go on the skateboard? It'll probably take me a while. Yeah, I'll I can imagine. To, That's a bit of fear. Uh, and and the, the ironic thing is, is I was using the Tuesday sessions to learn. Like, I wasn't doing anything stupid. And I still don't really exactly know what happened and how it happened. But, um, but yeah. But then I heard that yesterday that company went out of business. So That makes the skateboard? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wonder. it's heavy. That's what surprised me. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> if that it's, hits your ankle, I'm not it's surprised. It's gone out of business, so it's an appreciating asset now. Mm. So I could probably double the yeah. money <laughs> that I got for it. So make a YouTube video, sell it on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, kind of in light of everything that's happened, what were your plans for this year, and how are you adjusting them now in terms of races? I think you've got comrades what time of year is that so comrades is june that seems quite unlikely mm. I, I should be back running by then but it's not going to be sensible to run a 90k yeah. ultra marathon um but yeah the next race was meant to be boston and london they're both quite likely to be cancelled would still like to travel to boston um and see everybody there because we had some events to go to that we were organizing so that's still the plan at the moment um, I don't have a fixed date and when I come back to running it, it just is when it is. Like, I think if you push yourself too soon with these things, then you just set yourself up for even longer recovery. And so everything I do in my recovery, I just, it all goes through my physio and I just yeah. take his advice with it. Um, the first chance of being competitive, I don't, I really don't know. I think but, probably best not to think about that. Yeah, I don't. When you're kind of six days post-op or... Like, UTMB is the only thing that I, I'd be a little bit gutted about because yeah. it's a hard race to get into. Recovery's going pretty well so far, so never say never. I guess you're going to have a very good baseline to start off with, so... We'll have a, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't... 
again, with what I do, I don't see many people at my sort of level that have this type of injury and then document the whole process of getting back. So I'm interested mm. to see what the data's like. When I'm first going on my first few runs again, I'll put my heart rate monitor in and compare it to the last run I went yeah. on before and see how what's changed and everything. Um, I've got all loads of data for my runs, so I'm really excited in a way, weird way, to see what that's going to be like because I've never experienced that sort of thing before. I guess there's the, psycho- um, the physical aspect of it, but also the psychological aspect of if you haven't ran for so long, and you kind of know that you're starting from a, a backwards position that you were previously, it might almost spur you on to push yourself even harder, give you that extra motivation to do I don't, longer sessions. Yeah, I don't struggle with motivation, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's that thing of, you know, potentially losing something that you love more than anything else in the world. Yeah. So you Absence are going to try... Makes the heart grow yeah. yeah. And I, I probably suffered with that a little bit when training for Frankfurt... And Berlin Marathons last year, I, my head was in the game. The business was growing so quickly and I was just spending more time focusing on that than I was on my running. And I'm not going to do that again this year, training for Valencia. That is going to be absolutely, you know, I'll, I'll automate a lot of stuff in the business just so I can take the time away to concentrate my body a hell of a lot more. There's not going to be less content, there'll be even more content probably. Um, I think it's natural to have the up and down phases though. I don't feel like we can be on. Well, most elite, most proper elite athletes will take a month off yeah. after a goal race. So if this is going to take me out of the game for six or seven weeks, that's not wildly yeah. different. And then you build back up again. So it's bad in a way that for how much I love just going for a run. And I can't <laughs> do that now. I can't just put my headphones on, put a podcast on and just go for a run. And I do miss that massively. But that's kind of it, and I can deal with that. That's... And once your boots on, maybe cycling will give a little bit of that. Kind of yeah, then I'll be allowed to cycle. Oh, well, I'll cycle in the flat. I'm not going to be cycling out on the London roads. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll be back on Zwift um, to try and build that that sort of, well, cycling movement is not that similar to running, but it's, a, it's a using a few of those muscles to get that sort of active, get everything activated again. And then um, I should be able to find a... Uh, Ultra G treadmill. And could you just explain what Ultra G is? Because I feel like a lot of people won't know. Um, it's essentially a treadmill that you can run on. You kind of this big. You kind of tie yourself into it. You wear this sort of harness, and your legs are completely sealed, or your whole bottom half of the body is completely sealed in this massive like bubble. Um, and then they can reduce the air pressure inside that bubble um, to make it running very very light so it's almost like running on the moon for example so there's just less air in there um so you can i don't know what the percentages are but you can run down to around about 80 percent um or 20 percent of body weight so running putting very little force through your body but what i'll be doing there is just trying to get my body used to the movement of running again trying to get the form back and that sort of thing because when parts of my leg haven't even moved at all they're going to be incredibly stiff um so it's going to take quite a lot of time doing some stretches um working with a massage therapist as well and then gradually getting used to the movement of running again which an ultra g treadmill will allow me to do without am i ever gonna convince you to to take up swimming or is that definite no no okay that's the end of that one (laughs) a lot of people want me to do a triathlon um and i want to do a triathlon i'd love to do an ironman in under 10 hours um, just and mind I, us the swim yeah well um, and I probably will I will definitely do it one day just to see what it's like mm. just to see what these traffics are like but the amount of money 
and time and everything involved in triathlon is is crazy i would never be able to to to, to be as good as i am at running at at, at triathlon yeah is just impossible financially for me um and i don't have that time i don't live in the right sort of place but yeah but we for will, now focus on getting back to running again. we'll do an ironman one day yeah definitely well thank you so much for uh chatting with me i'd just like to end and i'd want you to tell me uh one word that you would use to sum up how running has changed your life <laughs> <laughs> you could have asked only me that one, one only one you could have asked me that one before but i suppose it just has to be just happy because I spend every waking hour pretty happy and I have no regrets over everything and I went from a very I'm still a very very shy person I find it very hard to interact with people but put a camera in front of my face and I completely Mm. I don't change because I feel that is the genuine me that wants to get out there but it's definitely different to how you interact. It's definitely different yeah. from how I interact, but I'm a very shy person. I, I can't speak to pretty much anyone in public at all. Self-checkouts for me are an absolute amazing <laughs> advance in the world. Having a, a, a two or three minute conversation with someone on a, on a checkout is pretty scary. Um, which is probably might seem quite weird for some people listening to this when they see what it's like. Because, yeah, so... Through everything I've done, I have become a lot more confident, and that has helped a lot in what I do. Um, so yeah, just generally a lot, lot happier, a lot more fulfilled in everything I'm doing. To keep up to date with the latest episodes, follow along using the handle at Marathon Medic or visit marathonmedic.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>